Yes, we are back. Welcome into the Chief Zone Podcast. My name is Farzine Vesugian. And we've got a lot to get into here on this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. It's been about a week and a half since we've last spoken. I hope you guys have all been doing well since we've last on the podcast. A uh, little time to waste. A lot to get into here on this episode. I will be flying solo for the week here on this episode. A lot of things we're going to get into. The Mahomes... Magic Crunch is uh, the new hot cereal in town. Everyone's trying to get their hands on it. The NFL Top 100 list came out. And we're also going to go over the biggest training camp headlines from Chiefs training camp. Also, the NFL announced that it is going to expand the number of inductees for the 2020 Hall of Fame. And this might open the door for a lot of former Chiefs to get in as they've been waiting for quite some time. We'll discuss all of that and more here on this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. If you guys want to interact with us on social media, if you guys want to leave a voicemail, text the podcast, very, very easy to do. If you guys want to interact with me, if you guys want to interact with Zach, the podcast in general, easy to do. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. That is a Facebook page. Give it a like and follow me on Facebook. The Facebook page has been... Uh, pretty busy in the last week, and understandably so because training camp is on full swing. Uh, it's it's been pretty high up all off season long, and I appreciate everybody who has been a part of that. Whether you're liking, reacting to posts, sharing posts, commenting, doing all of the above, greatly appreciate everybody that has been a part of that. You can also follow me on Twitter at farzine twenty one. Follow Zach on Twitter at zstegenga if you guys want to call in. Leave a voicemail or text the podcast, 913-808-2119, 913-808-2119. We do have a couple of hot takes from the text line, also a voicemail that we will play later on in the podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, I am flying solo this week. Zach is not going to be on this episode. Uh, he, uh, as you guys know, he had just moved to New York right when he did. Uh, the uh, the most recent podcast we did, and he's still trying to get settled in. He took a job on really short notice, so I'll leave it at that. Not going to get too much into the details of that. Uh, let him kind of figure that out. I, I, he'll be back. I don't know if he'll be back uh, before we do our preseason game this week, uh, which we will do on Friday morning. That's when the podcast will be out. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll, um, we'll have a, a podcast uh, this week, and uh, hopefully he can be a part of that. Uh, I do apologize for this podcast coming out late. I did say that this would be out Friday night. It's coming out a little bit late. I was going to record Friday evening and hopefully have it uh, uploaded before midnight. But unfortunately, AT&T, uh, which I have on my phone and on my <laughs> and on my home internet, uh, that was insane. Uh, massive outage uh, in several parts of the country, including the Kansas City area. So uh, I had to deal with that. And because of AT&T for both my phone and... And my home internet, I had absolutely no way of of saying anything online, checking Twitter. Uh, all of a sudden, or close to midnight, I just started getting a bunch of notifications from uh, ESPN, Bleacher Report, uh, any 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 outlet I am subscribed to where I get notifications. They just all started popping up one by one uh, within a ten second span. So that was uh, pretty insane. That's when I knew the internet came back and AT and T fixed their outage uh so 
Uh, that was nice to finally get back into the swing of things, finally reading up on the news. I mean, it, 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 we are pretty spoiled as a society now with our internet because everything is online from you know Netflix, gaming, you know some some of us even watch TV through the internet. If you have YouTube TV, Sling, uh, uh, Fire Stick, whatever, so uh, that uh, was all shut down for me on Friday, which uh, absolutely sucked. Uh, but nonetheless, we are back now. Uh, back from Vegas, uh, pretty busy business trip for me. And then coming back, uh, getting right back into the swing of things for work. Uh, my mom had made a couple of doctor visits. Uh, she's doing much better now. I mentioned that on Twitter. So I appreciate everybody that, uh, did, uh, reach out to me on social media. I didn't get a chance to respond to all of you individually, but do know I I have seen all the tweets. So I appreciate everybody that, uh, I always try to at least give a like if I can't respond to a plethora of tweets or something. Um, so I, I did that at least for everyone who uh, reached out. So big thanks to everyone who reached out. Meant a lot to me personally. She's doing a lot better, and I appreciate those who uh, who had asked. Uh, but it's been an insane week to, to say the least for me. But nonetheless, we are back now, uh, and hopefully this AT and T outage doesn't happen at least again in the near future. At least during the season, as I mentioned, we will do another episode on Friday to preview the game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. Not necessarily a preview of the game, more so on the Chiefs side of things, because these are preseason games. Uh, I, I, doing these preseason podcasts have always been tough. It's like, what do you exactly? dive into with these kinds of things because it is the preseason I know last year we panicked a little bit with the way Patrick Mahomes and the starters looked against the backups against the Falcons and the Bears uh not an encouraging look but looking back we're just reminded it is the preseason so uh we'll do some sort of a breakdown talk about some of the players we are wanting to keep an eye on for the Chiefs first preseason game this Saturday all right, before we get into all the Chiefs stuff on the field, off the field, the biggest story among Chiefs fans is the Mahomes Magic Crunch, the Mahomes Cereal, uh, whatever you want to call it, Hy-Vee. Uh, I believe every Hy-Vee store had give or take 3,000 boxes of these cereal, so about eight pallets of these. And I saw someone mention on Twitter that they spoke to uh, a manager at Hy-Vee who had informed the customer that they're sold out, they don't have any more. The manager had said he, in all his times, you know, being a manager at Hy-Vee, he had never received so many questions about one product. This is Mahomes Mania, ladies and gentlemen. This is what Mahomes Mania is doing. Cereal boxes are now the hot item in Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes. That's what Mahomes Mania does. Patrick Mahomes goes to a sporting Kansas City game you know, maybe there are some people who had never cared about Sporting KC. They'll watch it because Mahomes is there. By the way, I said that on Twitter back in October or November because Mahomes did attend a Sporting KC game. And I wrote on Twitter, I said, uh, I'm sure there are some people who are watching because of Mahomes, solely because of Mahomes. They didn't care about soccer or Sporting KC, but now they do. Half the tweets I got were angry Sporting KC Cauldron fans. And then the other half were people admitting to where they were watching because of Mahomes. Funny how that works. But uh, nonetheless, uh, now we've got cereal. That is the big thing with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, again, it's called Mahomes Magic Crunch. And I think by, it was available Thursday morning. Some Hy-Vee stores started putting it on shelves Wednesday night. Nonetheless, this has been uh, something every Chiefs fan has been trying to get their hands on. 
And I got a few of these, but I'll tell you what, these are not for me. They're for you. We're doing a Mahomes Magic Crunch giveaway. If you follow me on Facebook or Twitter or both, you will know that I already announced this and that we are going to do a giveaway. When exactly, I don't know. I hope to have more info for the. Just know we do have the boxes. I mean, they're, I'm looking right at them. Got a few of them. So we are going to do multiple giveaways. Yes, giveaways, plural. So if you're out of town, because all of these were available within the Kansas City area. So if you don't live in Kansas City, or if you do and you missed out, well, guess what? The Chiefs on Podcast is going to give you a chance to earn one of these. Mahomes Magic Crunch cereal boxes. Uh, now, just to be clear, they're not opened. Uh, they will, hopefully, I mean, unless they get smashed on their way to you, I mean, it's going to be delivered the same way it was sitting on the shelf. So be clear about that. So here's what's going on. How am I exactly going to do these giveaways? I, I mentioned I'd provide some details on the podcast for this. Uh, basically what we're going to do, we're going to do a giveaway on Facebook and another giveaway on Twitter. And it's going to be as simple for the Facebook giveaway. It's going to be as simple as, you know, share the, share the post, comment and tag a couple of friends and you are required to like the page in order to win all three of those things. Do that. And you will, uh, you will be eligible to win. I will just randomly pick a winner. That's how it's going to work. Twitter's going to be same thing, just a simple follow and retweet. That's all it's going to be. Uh, yeah, we are trying to expand the pages a little bit because it has the, the podcast has grown ridiculously over the past 365 days, and that's because of you guys. Greatly appreciate it, and I want to continue to do that. And in return, I'll do one of these giveaways. I'll be honest, I'm a little hesitant to do a giveaway. For, for those who are longtime listeners of the podcast, you probably know what I'm referring to, but we did the last time we did a giveaway, I think it was a Dwayne Bow autograph. Uh, signed football or signed photo, I can't remember. Uh, we had a lot of people complaining about how they didn't win or they thought it was rigged or they thought that, you know, they had the right answer when they actually didn't. Uh, just people complaining about a giveaway. It's not like I demanded someone to pay for the giveaway who won it. Uh, so, like I said, I'm a little hesitant <laughs> to... To do this, but I'd like to think our listenership has gotten better over the years, and maybe we're just more grateful as human beings when it comes to a giveaway. I mean, it's it's a free thing. That's what I'm trying to emphasize here. So, uh, again, if you did not get a Mahomes Magic Crunch and you want one, we're gonna do we're gonna start off with a couple, uh, but we do have more than that, and maybe leading up to the season, we will continue to do more. No promises. I'm just gonna see how the first two go. If we get a lot of complaining. Uh, then we're going to stop doing it. Uh, but if everyone can just be cool and have fun with this, then yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue to uh, give away more. Uh, that's what I'm happy to do. As long as, you know, you guys are sharing and, and uh, following on Twitter. Uh, j- 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 I'm just simply sharing it and retweeting the post. That's all it really is as we're trying to expand the podcast. So pretty simple uh, if you guys want to win. Again, I will announce on the podcast first when the giveaway is going to be, and then I'll mention it on social media too. That way, this doesn't just come as a surprise. That way, I can inform everyone as early as possible. Um, So, just know that's how uh, we're going to do it. I'll try to inform everyone as soon as possible. Hopefully, I can uh, maybe provide an update uh, for Friday's podcast as to when we are going to do a giveaway for the Mahomes Magic Crunch. Moving on now, let's go to the NFL 
top 100 list for 2019. A couple of Chiefs made the list. Uh, Six Chiefs plus one former Chief made the NFL's top 100 list. Uh, Starting uh, backwards, uh, 94, Mitchell Schwartz, the right tackle, made the list. Defensive end Frank Clark came in at 85, was with the Seattle Seahawks. 67, no longer with the Chiefs, now with the 49ers, D. Ford made the list. And number 36, defensive tackle Chris Jones. I believe this is his first time on the NFL Top 100 list. Should have been on it last year, but on it this year, uh, and rightfully so, after the type of season that he had. Travis Kelsey is on the list once again. He came in at number 21. He was 24th last year. Tyreek Hill again on the list. He came in at 19, just two spots ahead of Kelsey. He was 40th last year. And number four on the list, Patrick Mahomes. Now, this one did spark a lot of reactions from Chiefs fans. A lot of Chiefs fans said this guy should absolutely be number one. League MVP, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards. What else could you want from him? Uh, Ahead of him, Khalil Mack, Drew Brees, and Aaron Donald. In that order, Aaron Donald first, Brees second, and Mack third. Um, Look, I can maybe justify Aaron Donald being number one, but Drew Brees ahead of Mahomes? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure about that one. Uh, look, a lot of people said this for the league MVP award too, that Drew Brees should have won it because it's a league. Uh, people are like talking about it like it's some sort of league uh, historic achievement award. It's not. It is the MVP award for 2018 going into 2019 for the NFL top 100 list. It is based off the players going into the 2019 season who played well in 2018. Um, Look, Drew Brees had a great season. I thought at one point, maybe midway through the year, I thought the MVP race between Mahomes and Brees was close. But as the second half of the season went on, I feel like Mahomes pulled away. And he obviously got, I think it was 41 or 42 of the 50 votes to win the league MVP award. So if that tells you anything, obviously the uh, voters who are, and again, a select few uh, who are allowed to vote, they, a majority of them thought Patrick Mahomes was the rightful MVP. Now I know what people are going to say, you know, MVP and best player might not be the same thing. I'm not, not too, too sure. Really. I mean, if you ask people what exactly is the NFL MVP, if you ask 10 people, you know, what is an MVP, you might get 10 different answers. If you ask people, you know, 10 people, what are power rankings exactly, you might get 10 different answers. If you ask people the criteria for what they think is the NFL's top 100 list, you might get 10 different answers. So uh, I'm not quite, I'm not too fired up about this. It is just a list. Sometimes they do it intentionally to generate clicks and discussions online. Uh, I don't agree with that necessarily as a former writer myself, but that's just the way some people do it. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you have six Chiefs plus one former Chief who made the NFL's top 100 list. Again, number four, Mahomes, 19, Tyree Kill, 21, Travis Kelsey, 36, Chris Jones, 67, no longer with the Chiefs, D. Ford, 85, new, uh, newly a Chief this offseason, Frank Clark, and 94, Mitchell Schwartz. Good list. Good list for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, can't complain about that at all. Now, I will return to the NFL's top 100 list later on to discuss one big omission from that list. But we're going to move on for now and talk about Chiefs training camp and a, a big turnout, a massive turnout in St. Joe. Uh, I've only been to St. Joe once, 
And that was when I was covering KU football. I went there to talk to some of the Chiefs players who had played for Charlie Weiss, whether it was in Kansas City or in Notre Dame. So I got to talk to Romeo, people who've worked with Charlie Weiss, guys like Romeo Cornell, Brady Quinn, um, Dexter McCluster I spoke to. Uh, I spoke to a, a few players there uh, to to do a story on Charlie Weiss. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool place to go. Uh, as I mentioned last week on our hot take segment, I, I'm not a big fan of training camp. You know, it's hot. Uh, yeah, sure, Mahomes, uh, he has been doing uh, a lot of, I, he's, he's been doing his, his thing, uh, what Mahomes does, throwing deep bombs, and fans have been wowed by that in training camp so far. I know he's connected on deep bombs with Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman, and that has, that's excited a lot of Chiefs fans. Videos of that of those plays have gone viral, so that's definitely fun to see. Uh, look, here's the thing with me. I, I'm not a fan of gushing over training camp highlights. Uh, because, again, they are against your own teammates. You're not necessarily going full speed. There's a reason why the quarterbacks have the yellow jerseys. Because you're not supposed to be putting a hand on those guys. Whereas in a preseason game or in a more significant game, like a regular season game, you don't have a yellow jersey there. If a defensive end is going to crush your quarterback when he can, he's going to crush your quarterback when he can. Uh, that's just the way it works. So, yeah, sure. I mean, they are... Uh, in a way, moderated because you want to avoid injuries as much as possible. Not saying they can't happen. In fact, they have happened to a couple of Chiefs so far. But you want to make sure that it's controlled. And to me, that's why I don't go too crazy over training camp highlights. I will say this, though. It is nice to see some of the big plays from Tyreek Hill because this is a guy who obviously did not participate in OTAs in minicamp. And given that, you know, I know Tom Brady, he did not go to OTAs last year. Look what happened. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. I know in years past, Justin Houston, Marcus Peters, Eric Berry, those guys uh, didn't show up to OTAs and still managed to have really great seasons for the Chiefs. So we've seen that before. But at the same time, there's no doubt that these repetitions do mean something. And I don't want to be that guy that's maybe too scared or too nervous. I've got to say, I don't know if I care to see so much of Mahomes in the preseason. I know that third preseason game is a significant one where the starters play going into the third quarter. Uh, Look, I I think we need to see Mahomes connect on a couple of passes to Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey this preseason, you know, connect again with Sammy Watkins, uh, establish some sort of chemistry with McCole Hardman, uh, Blake Bell, some of the newcomers on the team. Uh, given the running back situation right now, which we'll get into soon, uh, you might need to figure that out, uh, depending how long Damian Williams is going to be out for. But nonetheless, uh, I will say, again, not a fan of you know going crazy over these training camp highlights, but it is nice to see Tyreek Hill out there making plays, given that he was not he was suspended from team activities because of what he had going on off the field. Uh, so it's good to see. And uh, a lot of Chiefs fans at camp. Uh, Chiefs fans gave a big ovation for Tyreek Hill. I know he got a bigger ovation, according to reports, than Patrick Mahomes because of everything he had gone gone through. A lot of Chiefs fans coming out in support of him. I know uh, Tyreek Hill did speak to the media, and I do want to get into that later. I know that was a big deal. Uh, So we'll discuss that and much more later on. But first, uh, other training camp headlines that we saw. The biggest one to me, Chris Jones showing up. Very unexpected to me, and I think some people were... Pleasantly surprised by this. He did not show up 
for OTAs nor mandatory minicamp was not fined for it. Lots of uncertainty going into training camp if he would show up, uh, given that he is still playing on his rookie deal, but he did show up. NFL Network reported that the Chiefs and Chris Jones are not close to agreeing on a new deal. Jones wants a deal similar to his new teammate Frank Clark, which is a five-year deal worth $105 million, $63 million in guaranteed money. Kansas City wants a deal similar to what Falcons defensive tackle Grady Jarrett got, which is a four-year deal worth $68 million. That is at 42, uh, or excuse me, uh, that's $42.5 million in guaranteed money. Again, let me just repeat the money uh, without the guaranteed uh, contracts. Uh, five years, $105 million. That's what Frank Clark wants, and that's what Chris Jones wants. Uh, and then Grady Jarrett, he got a four-year, $68 million deal with the Falcons, and that is what Brett Veach wants for Jones. Here's my stance on this. And I think someone mentioned that Tim Grunhardt said something similar. Do you want nearly a fourth of your salary cap coming from the defensive line? I'll repeat that again. Do you want nearly one-fourth of your salary cap to come from your defensive line? And I, I want to be clear on this. I'm not trying to discredit other positions here. But yeah, sure, the quarterback is the most talked about position in sports, in football. Uh, but there's a reason why you have offensive linemen and defensive linemen and linebackers. Those guys are just as important. But at the same time, unfortunately, this is a business. This isn't a charitable organization where you have all the money in the world and you can just, you know, give $100 million to this guy, $100 million to that guy, this guy, that guy, everyone gets 100 No, it doesn't work like that. I wish it did because if that was the case, I think you would see fewer and fewer free agents. Uh, but given that we, we are in this era of sports where, you know, once a player reaches a big deal, another player steps up and says, hey, look, I'm doing better than this guy. I, I should get more than he is. So we continue to see record-breaking contracts every single season. Uh, sometimes it's a record-breaking contract in just that player's position. Sometimes it is the a record-breaking contract in NFL history. A lot of anticipation that Mahomes will be the first ever $200 million quarterback in NFL history. So when it comes to Chris Jones, you got to consider a few things. Yes, this is a defense that was 31st last year. I'm aware. You got to do everything you can because the idea of Frank Clark and Chris Jones together side by side for the next three, four, five years, hopefully more, that is a pretty damn awesome idea. I mean, the, the thought of that is pretty cool. But again, we can't just give money left and right to everybody. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So I'm not exactly sure. Again, that's why you know you have a general manager. That's why you have someone in your front office that handles some of the salary cap responsibilities. Uh, there's, there's a reason why you have so many people in your front office that is a part of this. Uh, a lot of people are, are going to be involved in this. Uh, whether it's the agents, the, the players, people in your front office. You got you, you to gotta go through all the logistics to make sure you can do this the right way. For example, you know, someone in your front office might tell Brett Veach, hey, look, this is a good deal that we can give to Chris Jones. However, we might have a hard time extending Tyreek Hill because if Tyreek Hill wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history, 
this might really hurt our chances of extending Mahomes. So you got to you got to consider that. Again, I want to be clear, I'm not trying to devalue the defensive line spots that are important, but let's be honest, Patrick Mahomes is a, is a far more important player than Chris Jones. Who would a lot of you consider the best player in NFL history? Or excuse me, the best player in Chiefs history? A quarterback will not come to anyone's mind. Yes, Len Dawson is the only Super Bowl MVP we've ever had, but let's be honest, if you're going to go over the the best Chiefs player of all time, you're not going to get a lot of answers that say Len Dawson. You're going to get a lot of Tony Gonzalez's or a lot of Derek Thomas's. And again, Tony Gonzalez was awesome, an amazing tight end. And just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame officially, as well as other former Chiefs, Johnny Robinson and Ty Loss, which is good to see. Uh, Derek Thomas, obviously an incredible career that he had. Probably could have added more to his stats uh, had that accident not happened. Uh, Obviously a very tragic moment. A lot of people consider him the best linebacker in NFL history behind Lawrence Taylor. Now again, DT was great. not saying he wasn't. But my question is, do you really want your franchise to be known for its best player ever to be a linebacker? Again, I want to be clear. Not trying to devalue the linebacker spot or what DT did in Kansas City. But the truth of the matter is, every single franchise, every single fan base, when they want to talk about the best player of all time in their uh, franchise's history, every fan should be able to say a quarterback. Unfortunately... Some franchises, including the Chiefs, don't necessarily have that luxury of having historically great quarterbacks. You look at the Green Bay Packers, man. I mean, between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, how many years in a row have they had a Hall of Fame quarterback under center? I mean, they have had decades of Hall of Fame performances under center. Like, that kind of success is incredibly rare. Just watch the Patriots. When Tom Brady does hang it up, Look at the difference and look at the reactions from Patriots fans. Uh, It's going to change. It'll change a lot. Uh, Listen, here in Kansas City, I know Trent Green, not one of the greatest QBs ever in NFL history, but when Trent Green was traded, when the Chiefs had, who'd they have? Damon Heward, Brody Croyle, Matt Castle, uh, Kyle Orton, Brady Quinn. I, I mean, it was... It was not the greatest set of QBs for, what was that, a five, six-year span until Alex Smith came along. And by the way, speaking about, I think this is a great example. Look at Alex Smith, Pro Bowl quarterback for a lot of years in Kansas City. Then you go from Alex Smith, who was a Pro Bowl quarterback in 2017. He gets traded. You move on with Patrick Mahomes. He's He's a Pro Bowler in his first year starter. The Chiefs had a Pro Bowl quarterback in 2017 and 2018 with two different guys it's so hard to have that kind of success. And now that you have this amazing quarterback in Mahomes, you got to make him priority number one over Chris Jones. With all due respect to Chris Jones, and again, I I think it's possible to keep Jones, Tyreek, and Patrick, but it's going to be really damn hard because you got to make sure you have enough money to pay the rest of your 50 NFL players on the team. Uh, I mean, you have to have room for 53 guys. Uh and that's why, you know, people are going to talk about the CBA and all. We'll see what happens there. So that is the uh, biggest storyline with uh, Chris Jones. I know there was a rumor of the Katz brothers, uh, led by Michael Katz, 
uh, which is the agency representing Chris Jones. I heard a rumor there in uh, in St. Joe this weekend trying to work out a deal. So we'll see how that goes. Other headlines from Chiefs training camp. Cornerback Keith Reeser suffered an injury. Andy Reid said he believes it's an Achilles tear. A uh, brutal blow for a guy who was ready to make the best of his second stint with the Chiefs after a successful run in an abbreviated season of the AAF. So Keith Reeser, uh, his season could already be over before it even started, unfortunately. Uh, that leads us to uh, another big story. Tremont Smith, quarterback Tremont Smith, also a kick returner for the Chiefs. He's now converted from cornerback to running back. And I'll get to Damian Williams shortly. I know I alluded to this earlier, and I'll get into him later. Uh, Tremont Smith going from cornerback to running back is very interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, the Chiefs have a very thin depth when it comes to cornerback. It's not the greatest right now it, it could be better second thing is and we don't know the severity of the Damian Williams injury but running backs tend to do really well under Andy Reid I'm excited to see how Tremont Smith looks but was, was this one of those moves that was necessary did he really want to leave the quarterback position I'm not sure uh so I'm a little surprised to see this move and I'm unsure exactly how this will pan out in terms of your depth chart moving forward. Because uh, you got Carlos Hyde, who you signed in the offseason. You have Daryl Williams, who was an undrafted guy, but has some potential uh, in the few snaps that we have seen from him. So, where do all where does everyone fall now on this new core of running backs with Tremont Smith added in I'm not quite sure that is going to be very interesting to see it is worth noting he was an all-state quarterback in high school so obviously he has a speed being a kick returner and uh, has some experience playing offense yeah it's been a while but you know even if it's uh, going uh, as far back as high school that kind of experience is still better than none uh by the way this is kind of interesting because I did wonder this for a while but we see this we have seen this before um, most of the good kick returners and punt returners in the NFL usually are running backs and wide receivers. Now, some cornerbacks are also returners. If you guys remember, uh, Devin Hester, a long time with the Bears, he was a kick, uh, well, he was a cornerback, excuse me, and then he converted to a wide receiver very early in his NFL career, and I think that panned out not necessarily great for him, uh, but he was... A serviceable wide receiver for the Bears uh, when he was able to find an open lane on offense. I, I mean, it was pretty hard to stop him because you couldn't catch up with Devin Hester. If I can, this is off the top of my head, the last cornerback I can think of who was a return specialist for the Chiefs, I think it was Javier Arenas who was drafted in the second round in 2010. The Chiefs drafted two return specialists in the second round that year. Dexter McCluster was one. Javier Arenas was the other. By the way, if you guys remember uh, that Monday Night Football game against the uh, Chargers to, uh, in Week 1, Dexter McCluster did have a punt return touchdown, but before his touchdown, Javier Arenas was one block away from getting a punt and return touchdown if Andy Studebaker uh, had the right block there. So the Chiefs could have had a punt return touchdown with two different uh, two different players in that game, two different rookies in that game. So that would have been a lot of fun to see. Uh, but 
And here's the other thing, uh, while we're discussing that, part of me wonders, if Javier Arenas did get that block from Studebaker and went all the way, would they have even given Dexter McCluster a chance? I'm not sure. Uh, I also do recall McCluster, he was doubtful going into that game with some sort of injury. I think he was sick with with a sore throat or something. And he ended up playing, which, thank goodness, because that ended up being the touchdown that won the game for the Chiefs. Uh, so you have Traymond Smith going from quarterback to running back. Andy Reid did say that he will stay there for now, but nothing is permanent. Now, the Chiefs did go out there and sign a cornerback, Michael Hunter. Probably never heard of him. Why? Probably because he was a 2016 undrafted free agent. and He has played for six different teams coming out of Oklahoma State. He has four career tackles. Perhaps another reason why you have never heard of the guy. Looking at his career, yeah, obviously a journeyman, typical journeyman. For a guy who was undrafted a couple of years ago, uh, this might be his best shot, though, in the NFL. You look at what the Chiefs have right now at quarterback. You have Bashad Breland, easily going to make the team, hopefully. I said that about uh, Amerson last year. Look how that panned out. Uh, but again, you have Bashad Breland. You have Kendall Fuller. I think those are two locks. Uh, Keith Reeser just went down with an injury. Traymond Smith converted converted to offense. Charverius Ward is a player who you traded for last year late in the preseason. Now, the jury, I think, is still out on him. I think he still has to prove himself this preseason. Uh, Rashad Fenton, he is a late-round rookie. Those late-round picks, sometimes they get cut during their rookie seasons. Uh, those uh, spots are never guaranteed. So, there are a lot of wide-open spots at cornerback right now. And again, we'll see with Kendall Fuller. I I know Pro Football Focus put out a tweet um, of how Fuller did in the slot versus on the outside last year. He was great as a slot cornerback in 2017, but in 2018, he was better on the outside. So, you know, the nickel cornerback position, that is up for grabs. And then some of the other nickel cornerback, or excuse me, uh, other cornerback spots, whether it's dime packages or in quarter packages, I mean, those are up for grabs right now. A lot of open spots at cornerback. If there was one position group that, you know, if you told me, you know, what would be the hardest position group to predict who the four or five guys are going to be for the 53-man roster, I think it's going to be the quarterback spot. I don't know who it's going to be. It could be maybe a player that we haven't even mentioned on this podcast. I mean, there are a lot of players on the roster right now, as you guys know. So... It's going to be very interesting to see pan out, and I think that's going to be one of the areas that I definitely will keep an eye on in Saturday's game against the Bengals. Now, this, of course, going back to Damian Williams, he did suffer a hamstring injury in last Saturday's practice and has remained on the sidelines since then. The Chiefs have this really weird good and bad luck at the running back spot, um, even during the bad years from 2007 through 2012, even those years, the Chiefs still had great plays uh, at the running back position, uh, you look at uh, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, Spencer Ware, and Chuck Hendrick West. I kind of put hand in hand because I think they both did a really good job filling in for Jamal Charles in 2015. Uh, Kareem Hunt. And now you have Damian Williams, who a lot of people were excited for. He did some good things in a short time uh, as a starter last year, but then he went down with an injury, uh, but then came back and started doing well again. So... Uh, excuse me, I, I got him mixed up with Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware went, was the backup behind uh, Kareem Hunt, but then he got injured when he came back. Uh, by the way, 
it is worth noting that Damian Williams, uh, right before the Week 17 game against the Raiders, he did get a two-year contract extension with a max value of $8.1 million. So, you've got that. Now you have Traymond Smith playing running back, and we continue to see another day of Damian Williams not practicing. I know a lot of eyes were on Tyree Kill because of his return. Tyree Kill, uh, he suffered a quad injury. I believe that was on Tuesday's practice, yes. And I believe it was a quad bruise. Uh, Adam Schefter was the first to report that. He's okay. He's already returned to to practice. He collided with Bashad Breland, and people blasted Breland on Twitter about that. Tyreek responded saying, hey, look, it's a game. We are all trying to get better. It's football, folks. I know the contact is supposed to be limited, but running into each other is going to happen. I mean, if you think that these guys are going to not collide at all, uh, boy, um... You got another, listen, MMA is a more brutal sport because it's an individual sport and everyone's trying to get better on their own. When they practice with their teammates at the gym, they always put on headgear. Um, they also put gear on in other spots as well. It uh, doesn't mean injuries can't happen. They still do. I remember one guy, Frankie Edgar, who lost the title match uh, uh, recently at, at UFC 240. Uh, he was supposed to have that title match sooner, but his training partner, uh, injured him, he suffered an orbital injury, and Dana White, the president, goes, who is hitting you that hard that you have an orbital damage? So, you know, you have that sometimes that takes place. It happens in all sports. It's never intentional. And Tyreek Hill did respond on Twitter saying, hey, look, it's part of the game. We're all trying to get better. Everyone just relax. I doubt Breland had any intention of doing this uh, to Tyreek Hill. Uh, it's sad that a lot of people are saying, oh, that's karma. That's what a child meter does. I mean, those people suck. Forget those people. Uh, you, you can't change that. But again, it was unintentional. Uh, it happens. He's okay. Thankfully, nothing bad happened. Now, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, was at training camp in St. Joe. Lots of rumors of an extension. We did hear in the offseason that Tyree Kill could become one of the highest paid players at the wide receiver position, we did hear the word record-breaking contract. Michael Thomas of the Saints just got a five-year deal worth $100 million. That makes him the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history. Could Tyreek Hill go ahead and make that a short-lived record for Michael Thomas? That is a possibility. That is a possibility for sure. So uh, we, did get, we did get a phone call about the uh, Tyreek Hill conduct situation, so we'll play that in a moment. But I want to get to this quickly because, and again, I don't, I don't want to talk about this, but to be clear... I'm always going to talk about what you guys are talking about. And this was the biggest story that generated discussions among Chiefs fans. It has to do with Tyreek Hill and his awkward conversation with Brooke Pryor at a press conference. Let me just first say one thing. The only thing I'll criticize Tyreek Hill for, and it has nothing to do with Brooke Pryor. He was asked about trying to justify what he had said about punching his son in the chest. And the answer he gave was horrible. He said that, oh, that refers to me, uh, my son and I, we get boxing gloves and then we pretend to be, you know, Iron Man and Batman and Superman and Spider-Man, Aquaman, Aquaman, whatever, and we're just, you know, playing pretend. Um, His attorney did address this, by the way, in that letter to the NFL saying that, you know, they dress up as superheroes and they lightly tag each other. Folks, I'm just going to say one thing, and again, this is the only part where I'm going to criticize Tyreek Hill. If you are, I mean, kids do this. Kids want to pretend to be superheroes or Power Rangers or whatever and, you know, play 
this imaginary game, like cops and robbers almost. Uh, kids do these kinds of things. And, you know, they might pretend to punch each other. They're obviously not doing it physically. Some kids, you know, they, they, they get out of hand with it. Sometimes they get too excited and accidentally connect on a, on a, on a left hook. Um, but, you know, kids will, you know, tag each other lightly or whatnot. Or maybe a, a, a dad will do this with his kid and, and, and do that kind of thing. Um, now, again, there's a difference between playing games and, you know, t- lightly tagging a kid versus punching your kid in the stomach. Uh, he says it was taken out of context. It was not. Um, I'm just going to say it right now. That is a horrible choice of words from Tyreek Hill. And I think that's what I would have liked for his attorney to say. I, I, if, if that's what he said. If he said, hey, look, I don't punch my son in the stomach. We dress up and play, you know, superheroes together. It was a bad choice of words on my part or whatever. And I think we could have moved on from that. But he tried to justify the definition of, quote, punching his son in the, in the chest. Um, that's not punching someone. Again, I, 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 I'm not the best with the English language. I don't have the greatest command of the English language. Uh, but I'd like to think I know enough to say that punching a kid in the stomach or in the chest versus lightly playing tag while pretending to be superheroes are two very different things and have very different definitions. Uh, I, I'd like to think any logical person listening would agree with that. That's I think that's the only area where he deserves criticism was his justification of, quote, punching his kid in the chest. Now, with that said, uh, this whole thing with Brooke Pryor turned into a massive mess. Uh, Tyreek did speak to the media last weekend, and I was glad to hear that because we needed to hear from him. How is he doing? How is his kid doing? Uh, what really happened in that 2014 incident? Is he considering any legal activity for defamation with the way he was portrayed? Um, I was listening to this while on the road traveling, and it was a little hard to hear because of the press conference audio. You can't clearly hear all of the reporters word for word what they're saying, but you can kind of make it out uh, a few a few of the words, and depending on how they respond to a question... Um, he had to turn down a lot of questions because there's some legal deal going on between him and Crystal Espinal. Understandable. Uh, by the way, this was broadcast live on NFL Network because it was the first time we had heard from Tyreek Hill in the offseason. So a lot of eyes were on him and everyone was ready to react. It was Brooke Pryor's turn to ask a question and she asked something about... Uh, off-season communication with Andy Reid, which I thought, okay, fair question. You know, how how often did he talk to Andy Reid while suspended? Uh, Tyreek then asked for clarification on her question. She clarifies it. Then Tyreek asks what her name was. Brooke Pryor says her first name. And this is where, you know, everything hit the fan. Tyreek Hill smirked. He paused. And then he went on to answer her question. All right. I'm just going to be as objective as possible as I can with all of this. Just know that before I continue to move on with this. Because I know this is a pretty crazy topic that everyone was discussing. And some are still kind of discussing. Was that a professional thing from Tyreek Hill to smirk like that? No. But was it the worst thing in the world? No. Cam Newton did something way worse to a female reporter 
last season, where he was talking about, oh, uh, a woman talking about routes. Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, there have been worse things than a smirk. Lots of people are hitting up Brooke Pryor on Twitter, asking her what her name is. Uh, okay, look. Find something better to do with your time. Just do it. If you don't like Brooke Pryor's reporting, I don't. I sure don't. Just don't follow her. Just don't tweet her. Just don't read her articles. It's that simple. Yes, her reporting was bad in her uh, reasoning with Tyreek. The whole, you know, something felt off comment. It, that was bad. And even Jeff Rosen, the editor of the Kansas City Star, the sports editor of the Kansas City Star, he finally admitted to it that it was a regrettable comment. Listen, let me say this. 90% of these players, when they're talking to the media, they don't know the names of these reporters or who they're from. Unless they see that microphone flag and they or they see their polo shirt that says... You know, Sports Radio A10WHV, then they know uh, where that reporter is from, potentially. But they may not know their name still. Uh, the way I look at it, the way I took the whole Tyreek Hill thing, asking for her name, I just took it as Tyreek Hill probably was told by somebody, his agent or someone close to him, that Brooke Pryor of the Kansas City Star is the one reporting all these things about you. And here is her Twitter. Here is her photo. This is what she looks like. Uh, that way you know next time she asks you a question. So when he had that awkward back and forth with her, when he said, what is your name? I just took it as, oh, he has heard about this. He maybe recognized her because of the photo he had seen on Twitter on her profile and then decided to ask for her name. He got validation that it was her all along and chuckled because he did get validation knowing that it's her asking this question. And then it turned into a firestorm. By the way, he went on to answer the question. Like normal. He could have done what John Jones did to Luke Thomas, UFC champion Luke, uh, uh, John Jones. Luke Thomas is a is an MMA reporter for Showtime and for Sirius XM. Uh, he basically asked John a question about his his 20s now that he had turned 30. A couple, this was a couple of years ago. And John Jones responds with, I don't like you, Luke Thomas, so I'm not going to answer your question. Um, okay, I mean, uh, Tyreek Hill could have done that, but he didn't. Uh, listen, uh, this thing did get out of hand though. There are a lot of morons who are only capable of flexing their, mu their muscles on Twitter, who are fat shaming Brooks, making sexist comments, make, uh, tweeting her, what is your name? Those people suck and they ruin social media and society in general. Again, I'm not for Brooke Pryor. I'm not a Brooke Pryor fan. I'm not a big fan of her work, but it's not like she told a bunch of people to quote, go back to where you came from. Or made some extremely offensive remark. She and her family have apparently been receiving death threats online. People have been messaging her personally with her address. Saying that they're going to come and kill her. Um, these are all according to the people from the Arrowhead Live podcast. Which I believe because Brooke did go silent on Twitter. Uh, right after that whole Tyreek Hill thing happened. So I do believe that. Uh, listen, the fact that people will say... Uh, oh, well, the threats could have been avoided if she just reported the truth. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, but some people are like, oh, home addresses are public anyway, so what? That's just disgusting. Okay, please stop. I don't care how bad of a person someone is or how bad their reporting is. Sending them or their family death threats, making things personal, fat shaming them, making these sexist comments when you think they're funny but they're really not that is never that should never be a thing and there should be zero tolerance for that in our world i'm not saying we can't stop it but 
it's wrong. And for people trying to even justify that by saying, well, if she could have reported, no, I don't care what she reported. There is no room whatsoever for any of that in our world today. Absolutely none. Um, I promise you, man, some of the people bashing Brooke Pryor, you've never bashed the Westboro Baptist Church for picketing funerals of soldiers. Yet you say NFL players are horrible people for kneeling, yet you feel the need to tag Brooke and harass her this way. And I know I'm getting a little off topic here, but you guys get my point here, man. Uh, If you guys are wanting to send Brooke some hate, look, I think you can criticize her logically and professionally like I have without being an a-hole about it, okay? Um... And if you really want to tag people and, and and bash them for what they've done, I think there are people far worse than Brooke Pryor who really deserve that. I'm not condoning it. I don't like negativity, especially on social media. But there are people who deserve it way more than she does. I'm not saying you can't criticize Brooke. You can. Like I just said, I have done it without being a troll about it. I've criticized Pryor quite a lot for anyone who's been listening to me, as well as KCTV5. By the way, I'll plead guilty a little bit. I know I've been harsh on Mike Freeman lately, but the way he responded rudely to me when I—I uh, I think it's deserved for him. The things I've been saying about him, and I'm not taking it too far. I'm not making it too personal with him. I'm not, you know, mentioning his family or anything. The guy acted like a complete schmuck and a prig all along when all I was trying to do was have a rational conversation with him on Tyreek Hill during the offseason, asking what the league should do. He acted like an immature child because he wasn't getting it his way. He Not everyone was rallying behind him for his opinion. Funny to see that from a heavily opinionated sports writer. Go figure. But again, I digress. The point being, the death threats, the fat shaming, the sexist jokes that people think are funny. Anyone who writes these stuff online, first off, None of these people have the guts to say any of these kinds of stuff to anyone in person because they know they get hit in the mouth real quickly. Second of all, these are the same people that if anyone spoke like this about a female in their family, they would be angry. Yet they're doing it to other people because they don't care. They're selfish that way. Again, I'm sorry I'm upset about all this, but it really does piss me off when people take things too far, especially some of you top, some of you over the top fans who are on, let me just be clear, some of you guys are are seriously not even directly impacted by Tyreek Hill. Yet you're handling it way worse than he is. All these people who are like, oh, the media should never talk to, uh, or excuse me, the, the, the uh, Tyreek Hill should never talk to the media or any reporter ever again. Just, just chill out, okay? Chill out. Tyreek Hill is handling this way better than all of you, and he is the one who was the big victim in all of this defamation. Yet you guys are acting like it's life or death. By the way, Tom Martin of KCTV5, he put out a tweet defending her, yet would not refer to her by her name, which I thought was interesting. Uh, he said that he would block everyone that is disagreeing with... Okay, simmer down, Tommy, tough guy. Um, the, the harassment that I mentioned, unacceptable. And there's no room for it, as I've said. Bad journalism, it needs to be exploited, okay? It absolutely needs to be exploited. Uh, but again, the guy... Tom Martin should probably focus on helping repair KCTV5's image rather than worrying about other reporters. So settle down, Tommy, tough guy. Uh, Again, sorry for the frustration. And for those of you saying, I'll say it again, why am I discussing this if I don't like it? Or why can't I just move on and stop talking about this? Hey, great question. I'd love to just move on from this. But my response, I'll always discuss what you guys 
want to discuss. What you guys are discussing. The Tyree Kill and Brooke Pryor thing, that was the most discussed topic on our Facebook page. As well as the um, local media and what fans are discussing on social media. And it picked up nationally as well. So again, not my intent, but that's just the way it fell out uh, with the story. Hopefully we can just move on from this. I don't want to talk about Tyree Kill in the media anymore. I don't. I don't want to talk about Brooke Pryor. It's not... Uh, I mean, there are, we've we got a season coming up, but I I don't know. Uh, given that Tyree Kill has some legal deal going on right now with his ex fiance, something tells me that the media is just going to exacerbate this even more, and fans are going to react, and therefore, it's only going to become a story for a while. I, I hope I'm wrong, because quite honestly, I do want to move on from this because we discuss this what every episode this off season now. Because something new seems to come up every single time. I'm ready for it to get to basically end. Just like all of you guys. Uh, real quickly. Uh, we do have a voicemail to play. If you guys want to call in or shoot us a text. 913-808-2119. 913-808-2119. This is Aiden out in Chillicothe. Wanting to t- talk about the Tyree Kill contract. Hey, Farzine, this is Hayden. I'm out of Chillicothe in Missouri, uh, just about an hour and a half northeast of the stadium. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion uh, on the Tyreek Hill contract. I know his agent uh, was in camp on Wednesday, reports were. Uh, just wondering what you think that contract's going to look like. I know Michael Thomas just got a huge deal, um, might be comparable. Uh, I think Tyreek was going to get a really big deal before all of the things happened with his uh, child case um now i know we're not so sure what that's going to look like now um i think that it'll have a lot of clauses in it um i just learned if you thought the same thing as if he gets into any more trouble or anything like that they're going to make it to where we can cut ties from him pretty easily and not have any dead money i just wanted your opinion on that uh thanks all right, appreciate the phone call, Aiden out of Chillicothe. Don't be shy. Feel free to call again or shoot us a text. Any of you guys can do that as well. Again, the number, 913-808-2119. Um, okay, we did not talk about this on this episode. We have before the whole thing. What kind of a contract will he get given what he's coming off of? Here's what Here's what is confusing to me. A lot of Chiefs fans are saying he's innocent. But a lot of Chiefs fans are also saying... That given what he went through, he should give the Chiefs a team-friendly deal. Why? Because if you're innocent, again, I know what he went through, and, and Tyreek does need to. I mean, the comments he made, he's got to work on that. Um, he's also got to make sure he surrounds himself by the right people. But at the end of it, he was innocent, yeah, he, or at least he wasn't found guilty, is what the NFL and the D, uh, DA have said. That he was, they can't find any wrongdoing from Tyreek Hill. So, if that's the case, if people are going to sit here and say he's innocent, why are they also saying that he shouldn't get a big deal given what he just went through? Now, he did mention the clauses in the contract. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. They, the Chiefs need to put language in the contract. Hey, if something happens again, we can cut ties with you. Any money left over that still needs to be paid will not be paid to you. We're cutting you or trading you. Uh, you have to 1,000% make sure that is in the contract. And uh, look, uh, here's the other thing, by the way. I know Drew Rosenhaus is a very aggressive agent. 
even he of all people has to agree to to make sure that is in the in the, in the contract. He has to agree to those terms. Now again, I mentioned Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. Here's the other thing: Drew Rosenhaus is going to make sure that his client, especially when your client is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, named Tyree Kill, coming off what, what was it a 1400 yard season, while your teammate also had a 1300 yard season. Uh, I, he's going to make sure that Tyree Kill gets top dollar. So I do think that Michael Thomas's contract with the Saints, the uh, highest paid wide receiver in NFL history, I think that's going to be a short-lived record for Michael Thomas. I think Tyree Kill is going to come through, uh, his agents in the Chiefs, they're going to agree to some sort of a new deal that will make him the highest paid Chief in NFL history. Because quite honestly, I think Tyree Kill is a way better wide receiver than Michael Thomas. I think the only wide receiver I'd be willing to put ahead of Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins. You have 115 catches and zero drops on the year. You are Damn sure the best wide receiver in the NFL. I know DeAndre Hopkins doesn't necessarily change the way a defense might prepare for an offense like Tyree Kill does. But at the end of the day, I think the most significant stat for a receiver is 100 plus catches and zero drops. That is very difficult to see. Even from some of the... Tyree Kill had a couple of drops last year. I'm not saying he's terrible, but even the best players... Drop a pass here and there. 115 catches and zero drops. So, uh, yeah, you do deserve a pretty damn good deal from your uh, from your team uh, for your agent to work on. So, uh, but nonetheless, I do think Tyree Kill will get that new deal uh, pretty soon from the Chiefs. Let's wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Preseason football is now here. Yes, it's preseason, but let's not act like we weren't excited. Maybe for just a few seconds. By the way, Bob Sutton, he was on screen for the preseason debut. That was fun to see. Uh, oh, the Bob Sutton. I, you know what? I'll say this before I move on. I will, I, I'm kind of going to miss the Bob Sutton complaints. When we complain about something on social media, man, it does make it a little fun just to see the reactions on Twitter. It really does. Um... But I digress. Uh, if you guys watched the game between the Broncos and the Falcons, the Hall of Fame game, there was a pass interference challenge that was upheld. Uh, look, you know what? I was actually happy to see that. In fact, I hope this happens a lot this preseason because fans need to maybe get a better understanding of what exactly is being reviewed and how they're going to be called. Uh, I think players also need to know the same thing. And the referees need some practice with this. Not only is this the preseason for players and coaches, Referees are also trying to get their feet wet, especially when trying to adjust to some of the new rules. So I hope to see more of that in the preseason for the referees to be able to practice with and maybe get a better understanding of going through all of that with this new pass interference challenge rule. Lots of holdouts taking place in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott, Trent Williams, Judavian Clowney, just to name a few. The biggest name out there, uh, at least one, one that Chiefs fans are familiar with, Melvin Gordon uh, of the Chargers. Uh, he is once again demanding a trade, not showing up to Chargers training camp. Lots of Chiefs fans I've seen online suggesting that the Chiefs need to go after Melvin Gordon. Okay, first off, it's a division rival. The Chargers will say, oh, you want our running back? Okay, give us Patrick Mahomes or Tyree Kill or someone big, plus a first-round pick. Otherwise, we're not sending our good running back to a division rival. And rightfully so. Why would you? Look, I know it happened once with Donovan McNabb to Philly, uh, or excuse me, from Philly to Washington, but th- th- these are almost 
rare. They never happen. Hardly. Um, second, if you are going to trade him and then extend him, extending Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones then becomes a very unrealistic possibility. And if you want to extend those two and Patrick and Melvin Gordon, eh, good luck. Again, it's a business. Uh, I said it earlier. It's not. It's not the fun part of the business. Third, uh, any and every running back thrives under Andy Reid. We don't need to see the Chiefs go after a uh, you know a big name running back to have a good running game. You just don't need to have that on an Andy Reid offense. That's not the way an Andy Reid offense operates. So I don't necessarily care to see Melvin Gordon in Kansas City. So that's a big pass from me. Last thing I want to discuss this segment. This is actually a really cool story. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is going to expand the number of potential inductees to 20 in 2020 as part of the NFL celebration of its 100th season. Hall President David Baker said that five modern-day players, 10 seniors, three contributors, and two coaches could be elected in next year's Pro Football Hall of Fame. Therefore, former Chiefs like Otis Taylor, Ed Buddy, Jim Tyrer, Priest Holmes, Jamal Charles, they could get into the Hall of Fame sooner than expected. Jamal Charles, by the way, he was on TMZ this offseason saying he should be in the Hall of Fame. And that sparked a big debate as to whether or not he deserved it. He said that he has better stats than some people in Canton. He obviously has the yard per carry record uh, for running backs. That's another one uh, for him, uh, for his case. I said at the time that, look, I think he should go in the Hall of Fame. But I think it's going to be hard because you only have a limited number of guys that can go in. I said that I think Charles will get in, but I just think it's going to take a long time. Now, if you expand it to 20, that'll help strengthen your chances of getting in. Guys like Otis Taylor, who I've been waiting forever. Look, uh, according to Jeff Nixon of SportsBlog.com, since 1920, 23,000 plus have played pro football. A little more than 6,000 have passed away, and a little more than 17,000 are still alive and kicking. Why do I point that out? Because that number will only continue to grow, and it's going to grow at a big rate because you have 32 players on the team. Now, obviously, not all 32 pl- or not all 32 teams. Excuse me, I meant 53 players on all 32 teams. Not all of them are new, but it's the, the number is going to grow from here on out. And if you limit your inductees to six, seven, or eight people, it'll take forever for some of these greats to get in. Some might not be able to see their own induction because they've passed away. Now, with this expansion at 20, a lot of these seniors that have been waiting forever, they're going to get in soon. And some of these modern-day players, hey, they're still fairly young, and some will get in soon. Some might have to wait, but not as long as it took for a lot of these players who fall under the senior induction category of the Hall of Fame, who have been waiting forever. So I think this is great. It ensures that a lot of these people are going to be able to get inducted while still alive. And eventually, once you maybe have too many people in, if you feel like 20 is now becoming too big, you can go back and regress on that number. You are allowed to go back and change things, for sure. So I think it's a good idea to extend that number by a wide margin because... There are a lot of great players uh, in the 60s, 70s, 80s um, who have been waiting forever to get in. And they need to get in. So I like this. Very happy to see it again. I mentioned some former Chiefs who definitely will benefit from this change. Let's go out of bounds.
All right, file this under funny slash scary incidents. Someone on just a normal day in their life out in Gardner, Kansas. They're uh, going to a gas station. Why? Gotta fuel up. So while they're refueling their vehicle, uh, getting some gas, a snake is rolling around inside the touchscreen of the gas station pump. How is that snake not dead? I mean, there's a lot of gasoline and all this. Uh, I mean, uh, someone, by the way, I shared the video on Facebook. Go watch it. It's pretty weird. Someone mentioned that eventually that snake will get electrocuted and that pump will not work and it'll be out of service for a bit. Um, yeah, I, I hope that snake is having a good time because I think his time or her time, is uh, limited inside that gas pump. By the way, uh, this is pretty funny. I shared this on Facebook as well. A Little League football team. uh, You know when uh, cheerleaders create those banners for players to rip and run through? So this Little League football team, there's also like a Little League cheerleading group, and they had a a banner that they had created for the football players. The football players, uh, the Little League team, they are running to take the field, and they don't even know where to run. Their coach is yelling at them to run through the banner and to rip through it. Some of the kids don't know exactly where they're going. Some of them go in the right direction. Some of them, go, some of them uh, are running into the, um, the banner from the wrong direction, and that leads to Little League players colliding into one another right when they're all about to rip the banner apart. Um, the coach's reaction is epic. He actually threw his hat when he saw uh, that did not work as planned. Uh... That's pretty funny. You gotta admit, it's pretty funny the way the way the the kids just ran and the coach's reaction. That was pretty good. Certainly, really good. Uh, by the way, for those of you who are pro wrestling fans, even if you're not, everyone knows who Dwayne the Rock Johnson is. He was on live with Kelly and Ryan and was asked about his pro wrestling days, and he talked about how it helped him get to where he is. He said that he quote quietly retired from the WWE. He uh, did return in 2011. And then in 2012, he started wrestling again. And in 2013, he did recapture the WWE title, which I think is now called the Universal Universal Belt or something. I don't know. Um, but he did become the champion one last time, one last run during the social. He did it during the social media era, just so he can have that. He had two epic matches against John Cena, both happening on WrestleMania back to back years. Look. I know wrestling doesn't have the bad rap that it once had years ago, several years ago. So I don't think The Rock is trying to leave wrestling because of the way people view wrestling. That the, the viewpoint for pro wrestling has changed drastically. But he's leaving because the guy has massive success in the Hollywood business. He's been a part of some of the biggest films during his time as an actor. Why would you go back to wrestling? Pro wrestlers have complained so much about the lack of pay in the industry where there is no off-season and they are traveling constantly and there are a lot of events that they wrestle in. Some of it is televised, some of it is not. So these guys are constantly working on the road from place to an- place, to place, just constantly on the go. Look, why wouldn't you retire if you're The Rock? Um, now, again, he might come back once in a while when they do those special Raw reunion shows and grab a beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know they just recently had one of those. So he might participate in some of those kinds of things. But as far as actual wrestling, 
I'd retire from that too if I was in his shoes. You have probably you're one of the most successful people in the Hollywood in, in the acting industry today, uh, and you were coming from a, a pretty brutal industry where. The travel wasn't friendly at times, the schedule wasn't friendly at times, and quite honestly, the guy who runs the whole thing, Vince McMahon, not the friendliest guy to work with. I would step away too if I was a rock. Certainly understandable. Let's keep going and throw our penalty flags. All right, it is NFL training camp, obviously. Guess who lined up offsides in practice? D Ford, of all players. D Ford, of all players. He has got enough to uh, one bad start, at least, with the, with the 49ers. He lined up offsides in a, in a play in practice. You know what? I guess some bad habits never change. Some things never change. That's all I have to say about that one. Uh, this one's interesting. John Gruden who was once the highest-paid sports broadcaster before he returned to coaching, he says quarterback Nathan Peterman is growing on him. Uh, look, Gruden, again, great coach, and maybe he can help Peterman and, and help the Raiders. I don't know, but come on. I've never coached, scouted, nor played football professionally, nor collegially, nor in, in the high school level. Uh, but I can still tell you, and so can everyone else, that Nathan Peterman is terrible. Okay? Uh, look... You play for the Raiders, man. Uh, good luck. Uh, I mean, Gruden's off to a terrible start. And now you have this coach saying Nathan Peterman's growing on him. All right, well, uh, good luck with that. You know what? If I'm a Chiefs fan and he continues to do terrible, yeah, he might grow on me too. Simply because of that. Uh, last flag for me. The Denver Broncos. Their fans. We've been talking about the AFC West quite a lot, if you've noticed, in, this, in the closing segments. But Broncos fans booing Joe Flacco at training camp. Pretty sure a lot of these guys criticized Chiefs fans for booing Matt Castle in years past. Um, Yeah, they booed Joe Flacco when he took the field at camp once. Now they're losing their minds because they didn't like how Drew Locke looked in his quiet preseason debut as a Denver Broncos quarterback against the Falcons. Yes! Go crazy. Please do. I'm here for the firestorm. Uh, man, uh, you, you know, some Broncos fans, I made, I don't remember what I said, but I made some comment about the Broncos that lit up a massive response from Broncos fans, you know, telling me how uh, Trevor Simeon has more Super Bowl rings than the Chiefs. Okay, that's great. Um, good luck finishing in the basement of the division and possibly the basement of the league because... As far as I'm concerned, uh, your quarterbacks are Drew Locke, Kevin Hogan, who the Chiefs drafted, and Joe Flacco. Those are your quarterbacks. Have fun with that. Uh, Hopefully you guys have plans watching the Denver Nuggets in January and February because you won't be seeing the Broncos during that time. Nonetheless, it is time For our Hot Take of the Week segment, what is a hot take? It is an opinion against conventional wisdom. All of us have these kinds of opinions, but we're kind of nervous to say them at times because we're afraid we'll be ridiculed, but not on this segment. This is your place to say it. If you've got something crazy on your mind, 
go ahead and let it out because that's what this segment is for. You got to have an opinion that goes against the grain. For example, if you say you hate traffic, uh, that's, that's not a hot take. Everyone hates traffic. Now, if you say, man, I love going south on I-35 and sitting in the rush hour traffic because while I'm in traffic, I get to listen to the greatest podcast ever, the Chiefs Zone Podcast, uh, which is not true. That's also a hot take if you call it the greatest podcast ever because uh, Joe Rogan has the greatest podcast ever. Uh, this is the second greatest, just for the record. But nonetheless, uh, you get the idea of what a hot take is. You guys have actually picked up on this quite a lot, and we, we get more and more submissions for this. I like this. Um... Let me read a few tweets because we got a lot of people that responded on Twitter and we also got a few text messages for our hot take segment. Uh, let me pull up Twitter at Farzine21. Uh, Sean says the CFL and NFL should merge and use CFL rules and field dimensions. That way Patrick Mahomes would be the first 100 touchdown and 10,000 yards passing yard uh, club member. Hot take. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Shandon says the Chiefs will have the rookie of the year on both sides of the ball, Thornhill and Hardman. Okay. All right. I, I, I like that. Hot take. Let's see. Uh, we'll do one more good one on Twitter. Rich says Dirty Dan, a.k.a. Dan Sorensen, is done with the Kansas City Chiefs. Hot take. Okay, that's interesting for sure. Uh, I think Dan Sorensen makes it, uh, but we'll see. I think I think he'll be a backup, but will be active in rotation, as I've said many times. Uh, text line eight one. Uh, excuse me, nine one three. I always do this. Nine one three eight zero eight two one one nine. That is the text line uh, from the three one three phone number. Is a Detroit number, but out of Northern Virginia, it is Aaron. Uh, I always like the clarification, so that's cool to know. That way I know, you know, where people are listening in from. He said in his text, uh, not sure if this qualifies as a hot take, but I think Kansas City will have a top five offense and a top five defense. Hot uh, take. The top five offense, not a hot take. The top five defense, yeah, that's definitely a hot take. For sure a hot take. Um, I, I get his point, though. He's trying to emphasize that they'll be in the top five in both categories, which is, hey, good, I'll take that. From... J. Co. That's his name. J. And then uh, C. O. E. Co. I'm not sure what that means. Maybe just his first initial and last name. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll use that. Uh, from the six two zero says Eric Fisher is trash. We need to drop him like a hot potato. So hot. Um, I don't know. I thought Eric Fisher did a little bit better last year. I don't think he was a Pro Bowl worthy uh, tackle. I did say he would make the Pro Bowl based on name recognition and the fact that the Chiefs are doing well. I never said he was Pro Bowl worthy, but that's not for me to decide. Uh, Enrique out of Gladstone uh, says, My hot take is Mahomes will run for president in 2030. Hot take. Um, That's definitely a hot take because there will not be a presidential election in 2030. It'll either be 2028 or 2032, but I get his point. He's, he's trying to say Mahomes will run for office one day. All right, so those are some of the hot takes we got on Twitter and on the text line. I'll give you my hot take for the week. In fact, I'll give you guys two, and I'll make them both pretty quick. Since Zach's not here, I'll make up for his. We'll have two hot takes. Both are football-related. Number one, Kareem Hunt absolutely should have been on the NFL's top 100 list. Look, hot take. Um, this is a guy that was in the top five 
in the league in yards from scrimmage before his release. And for people who are saying, well, uh, he didn't uh, play the entire year, J.J. Watt, a couple of years ago, made the list, and he only played a couple of games. And then people in response say, well, that's because he's been a great player for a year. This is not a, a, play, a list based on historic recognition. This is based on the best players from the previous year going into 2019. That's what this list is. Kareem Hunt, 1,000% should have been on the list. Uh, 1,000%. Uh, and then the other hot take I wanted to mention. This one might stir some controversy. If you are one of those people who purchased a Patrick Mahomes, uh, Mahomes Magic Crunch cereal and you're selling it on eBay for hundreds of dollars, not only do you suck... You are doing it right. Hot take. Look, I uh, let me just say, in, in a world where nothing's free, spoiler alert, we are give, doing a giveaway with those Mahomes Magic Crunches. Uh, look, if you're able to spend a, what is it? What are, I think they're like three thirty a box. If you're able to get a couple hundred dollars from that, good on you, man. Uh, I will never criticize anyone for uh, doing that. If someone's willing to offer that kind of a price... Good on you. Make that money. If you guys want to submit a hot take, let us know on social media. You can also send us a text or leave a voicemail. 913-808-2119. 913-808-2119. You guys can interact with me on social media. Facebook.com slash Farzimusugian. And follow me on Twitter at Farzim21. Zach is on Twitter at Zstenga. He may be back this week. He may not. We are going to do an episode on Friday previewing the game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. More specifically, previewing what to expect from some Chiefs players. What are we going to keep an eye on from the Chiefs going into uh, that game against the Bengals? And then we'll do a recap podcast sometime during the weekend. Uh, Not going to do the closing segments um, this week before the game, nor after. So uh, if you guys are looking forward to that. We're going to probably pass on that. Maybe we'll do one after the game. Maybe we'll do the closing segments after the game, but not entirely sure. Uh, But nonetheless, we won't have it for Friday's podcast, just so you guys are aware. Again, facebook.com slash Vesugian. That is a Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. We will do the giveaways. Maybe I'll have more information on that this week for the Mahomes Magic Crunch. So if you guys want to be a part of that, make sure you are liking the page and or following me on Twitter and if you know anyone that really wants to win this let them know and let them know uh, about the Facebook and Twitter accounts. Again the number 913-808-2119 Subscribe on Apple Podcasts Google Play, Spotify and Podbean. Next time we talk we got a Chiefs game to talk about. That'll be a lot of fun. All of that and more on the next episode. Thank you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast on Farzing Vesugian. Talk to you on Friday.